Hello and welcome to Design Education Talks. Our guest today is Kenan Zekic. Welcome, Kenan. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. It's fantastic to have you here. Thanks. Tell us about you and your work. Yeah, that's always this awkward question. Tell us something. <laughs> but that's the only way to, to get interested. So uh, I come, uh, I live in uh, Sarajevo, Bosnia and Herzegovina, but actually I come from uh, uh, Zenza, that small city, 70 kilometers from here, steel plant city. And uh, so that, that's uh, where I'm coming from. And uh, it, I guess we all agree who are into this job. At one point, we all, all want to be painters, yes, <laughs> but uh, I never managed to be a painter because I went for the design. So uh, my struggle for design and uh, education started a long time ago because my parents wouldn't let me study the Academy of Fine Arts, actually the, the high school of uh, applied arts, because it was far away from my hometown. And then it was this constant struggle for it. So. And then in the end, I managed to, to get enrolled to the Academy of Fine Arts in Sarajevo after my second try, because it was very competitive back then. It was in the 90s. And how it worked, it was like, in former Yugoslavia, we had six big academies in Slovenia, Croatia, Serbia, Macedonia. And the last one was uh, the last uh, entry exam was in Sarajevo. So all those who did not manage to pass through the exams were coming to Sarajevo. It was so competitive in September, like 200 candidates, 300 candidates for, for the product design, what I was interested in. So I managed, I get in, and I was so happy, so thrilled that I'm finally studying product design. Although my parents never actually realized what am I studying. <laughs> <laughs> So, but uh, on the third year of, of my education, the third year, uh, I was interrupted by the war. And the war stopped uh, my regular education. And uh, it was uh, really, really uh, a heavy experience. I've been um, in Bosnia throughout the war completely. At all, in all shapes, uh, I experienced war in all shapes. I mean, full package from, from being a soldier to being civilian to being humanitarian worker. I mean, and I was lucky that I survived. I mean, a lot of my friends did not make it. But I mean, this kind of experience that changes you, uh, definitely scars you, but also changes your perception about everything including your perception of, of the art and design and how does it work, especially if you are in that like early 20s stage when you are kind of grasping all the knowledge and then it all kind of is shattered by, by this. So you have to regroup and continue to, to, to move on from there. But still, though, you continue to exist in this <clears throat> kind of design mode <laughs> although it sounds like really funny but that, that's i mean i remember for example uh, at one point uh, i was one of three or four students that were in Sarah academy so you enter the building you hear the shelling and you are the only guy inside <laughs> and professor is waiting i mean but these things actually uh, kind of help me understand this personal space of freedom that you can always have 
while doing this job. <laughs> so that's like your yeah, personal getaway, like escape. That's total es escapism. I know, I know <laughs> the, the, the harsh conditions and super extreme ones. But then you realize, yeah, I have this moment is going to always stay with me so I can isolate myself in this creative kind of uh, thing that I'm doing. So, so yeah, and what's interesting was like, uh, I was studying in three countries without ever leaving the country, like traveling without moving. So I started to study in former Yugoslavia, continued the study in the Republic of Bosnia and Herzegovina, and finished my studies in uh, post-war Bosnia and Herzegovina, that was kind of Dayton, that was just state, no republic. So that's, but that's interesting for me because I experienced three totally different educational models <laughs> by being in the same place, experiencing completely different things. I'm not saying all of them were uh, super bad or super good, but uh, I've just been through that. Yeah, uh, and what actually changed my understanding of design during this time is uh, getting uh, in touch with Viktor Papanek, design for the real world. So that was kind of, yeah, you see, <laughs> yeah, he, he speaks about us. He speaks uh, about design in those places like, like we are. I mean, we were really desperate in terms of that. So that's uh, and that social impact design always remained with me uh, from that point on and uh, the empathy and understanding the context and I'm always context, context, context. And that's kind of helped me uh, uh, grow up and mature into, in, into this kind of uh, position of towards design education that I have today. So like, yeah, uh, I, I realized early like, Necessity is the mother of invention, I mean, but truly is necessity is the mother of invention and uh, uh, definitely uh, the scarcities are pushing you to, 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 to develop something better than you can ever imagine that you could do without anything. So, uh, so I started my career as, uh, as, uh, as a designer with the International Committee of the Red Cross. <laughs> that was my first professional engagement uh, during, uh, because I started working for them like uh, as, as a designer somewhere around the end of war or beginning of uh, 96. So they offered me a position like, that was really funny. Like we have never had designer employed the International Committee of the Red Cross. So you'll be the first one. So I was, yes. <laughs> And that was really amazing experience because I mean, uh, in the in, right after the war, I was so privileged that I got the computer, that I got all this software, that I was exposed to technology, and I was really happy to have it to learn. But although the, on the other hand uh, of that package was me working for the uh, for the International Committee of the Red Cross that was dealing with the war consequences, and then you see that there is design everywhere. And uh, for me, the beginning uh, of my design career was totally in social impact design because I was dealing with, with the landmines, I was dealing with the refugees, I was dealing with all these kind kinds of things that uh, that you would never associate with design. But they are, they are so they are much more associated than we think. So and that's kind of something that stayed with me. This, as I mentioned, social impact design. So I continued my career working for the other international agencies and then the industry got back slowly here i mean it's super slow it is uh, it has never returned completely i mean uh, how to say uh, uh, i live in society that's in state of permanent crisis <laughs> just the other day i was talking to to 
friend of mine said, listen, we grew up and matured and we never were living in functional society. <laughs> I mean, so that, that's how it was. And then uh, it kind of changes uh, your perception of design terms that it is resilient. It's resilient, very resilient activity if you are dedicated to it. And no matter what, no matter uh, how harsh circumstances are, it exists and it's going to continue to exist despite despite everything. So uh, when I finished academy, uh, I was working, working, working for the, for all kind of things. I mean, the, the the my motto was Massimo Vignelli: If you can design one thing, you can design everything. But <laughs> but uh, it was not like I decided so. No, I decided to live on design. But I was not able to, to pick, so I'm going to work only this. I was educated as a product designer, but uh, and this kind of attitude pushed me to learn, and I remain this learning mode <laughs> forever. So, if you don't know, you're going to sit and learn. You're going to learn by yourself. You're going to learn with help from other people. And uh, I adopted early the habit of being team player. You cannot do it by yourself. <laughs> Design is not a single man show. I mean, it is when you're in twenties, <laughs> when you're a student, when you're hyping for it, and it's good to go through that phase. But uh, as years are passing by, you realize, yeah, but I cannot do it by myself. But it's okay. I mean, we need to go through all these phases. So somewhere around 2000, uh, I got a scholarship from Tempus. It's EU foundation, sometimes like something like Erasmus today, I'd say so. And I had this modular uh, master in uh, London Metropolitan, uh, in Bologna University and in Bosnia. So it took me three years and it was really kind of uh, uh, something that I needed. Uh, I, I, I was feeling that I'm missing something from education. I needed to, to get more into the education, to, to get more of education for myself. And I was so lucky that I got it. And it was it was an amazing study. It was about cultural studies. It was about uh, tourism as well. So uh, my, my master thesis was about, uh, it was in 2003, four, something like that, uh, like uh, how to develop culture product based on design thinking methodology. And it was really fresh. And I was referring to models of, of of Finland and, and Sweden and their practices. And I was amazed how how strategically design was involved in budgeting of the countries. I mean, that's completely opposite end of position where I am, but I was trying to understand the, the better practices. So can we apply some of those? And I was lucky that back then I was working as a consultant for the British Council and uh, they, they were happy to, to to provide me, uh, they allowed me to use the project I was working on with them about cultural heritage and uh, uh, reconciliation and design aspect of it, how to put people together. Which, I mean, all, all this, uh, uh, from my point, it was like, this is really about designing not only uh, uh, the visuals, this is about designing experience, this is about designing uh, communication, this is about strategically utilizing design. And that was topic of, of my master thesis. Uh, throughout all of this time, I was practicing, I was doing my practice uh, and working in all kinds of agencies. Uh, yeah, definitely uh, marketing agency, Mechan Erickson, uh, J. Walter Thompson, uh, 
I mean, all kinds of things that you, all this drill that you have to go through uh, uh, as a young designer, but my passion was also, uh, uh, my hands were also on the product design. So I was, I was all over the place learning all the time. And uh, that's uh, how it, but uh, in terms of education, I, I, my last kind of education circle was like, like 2016, 17, I got this uh, fellowship from Fulbright program and I was in the United States at Penn State University and uh, exploring learning design and education possibilities and also doing my professional affiliation in, in San Francisco with Frog. So it was an amazing experience. But I, I, I see I never stop. I, I don't plan to stop educating myself <laughs> because that would be really uh, interesting. So that's a little bit, I mean, short, short story about... <laughs> Uh, this. That's, that's fantastic. fantastic. So tell us about the work you're doing now. Uh, okay. So uh, right now I'm uh, kind of, uh, I'm transiting. Okay. <laughs> I, I left the institution where I was working as a full professor. Uh, it was time to move on and I decided to go on and kind of going back to industry. And uh, after spending 13, 14 years in education without ever losing my practice, uh, you kind of have different angle to it. So uh, I, I'm now back to, to uh, I mean, to industry, but uh, it's not going to be like it was, like, I don't know, 10 years ago. Now I have this education angle that I'd like to utilize, uh, this structure due towards the, the, the profession, also more uh, critique about uh, everything i mean a little bit of knowledge and experience uh, is there that comes with the years so uh, I, <laughs> so i'm starting this uh, non-profit organization uh, it's in innovation design and education and i call it indie plus c shortened indie and uh, i'm in the process of uh, registering now and it goes kind of slowly here because you know a lot of administration thing going on and uh, the other track is I'm working with uh, with a friend of mine. I mean that I met uh, professional. He engaged me professional like 15, 18 years ago for the first time, and uh, from that on we managed to stay in contact and work together. So it's a publishing house, and the publishing house that's that that covers that has also two tracks. One is the classical literature, like modern classical and contemporary. Uh, and books I'm interested in, I mean, from ever, and uh, I, I like experimenting with extended reading experience. And what we are trying to, to, to do in this track, and right now we are doing kind of uh, uh, revisiting a book that has been, that was published in 1974 for the first time, and we are revisiting it because it's kind of uh, a 500-year-old uh, manuscript about Chronicles of Sarajevo. And we are kind of uh, trying to, to see it. We went through very heavy, uh, hard editing process, but also uh, kind of really hardcore research about uh, the book itself because it's been kept here in the, in the library for 500 years and we got access to it. So uh, 
uh, I, I went through it. I uh, wanted to explore its 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 uh, physical appearance. Mm. Beside its structural appearance in terms of typography, and then you then you realize all kind of things from 500 year old manuscript that well, there is not much structure to it. <laughs> and now we are kind of extending it because I propose. I mean, since we are doing it, let's let's kind of really extend it. So. Uh, we are including kind of uh, reading uh, audio inserts, then extending it to YouTube and uh, connecting it through 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 all kind of uh, experience. Also, the tactile. We are uh, the, the book is going to be kind of uh, a replica of the original one, but uh, interpreted through contemporary uh, printing techniques. So it's it's layered project. So, but the other track is uh, this uh, education. Uh, platform, electronical educational platform that's kind of coincide with all this that's happening right now with COVID and I mean still, we are still in COVID but we started working on this in 2019 before the COVID so it kind of pushed us through. Uh, on the other hand I mean uh, yeah it sounds everything but uh, right at this moment uh, I, I cannot not to mention that uh, we are experiencing the biggest political crisis in this country after the war in the 90s. We don't know what's going to happen in the next six months. I mean, maybe countries is going to collapse, maybe it's going to get divided. They mentioned again, they are mentioning again war. I mean, it's really, really hard, hard, hard time right now going on. But despite you have to work on, I mean, you must continue. I mean, and that's kind of. Uh, when you are constantly working parallelly on two tracks, it kind of slows you down, but it, it never stops you. <laughs> so, so that's that's kind of uh, uh, interesting. So these are the things that I'm working on uh, at the moment. So uh, I don't know. Did I answer? Yeah, this, this is fantastic. I mean, uh, we'll we'll talk, like, talk more about your education, uh, your digital stuff later on. But first, tell us how did you get into teaching? What made you? What made you start uh, teaching? So, uh, actually, I was, you know, that's, you know, uh, I don't do you, but I, this, like, one of the things. Oh, I want to try this, <laughs> like bungee jumping, and I was really interested. I was really interested in, in, in teaching while I was a student still, yes. and I've been invited by my professor of mine just before the war, so to to join the team and kind of start working them in the next semester. But never, next semester never happened okay. <laughs> in that shape because war broke out. Uh, to, to work with them as a student assistant, uh, yeah. student demonstrator. So yeah. I never got to it. And uh, it was 90, 92, 92, yeah, never happened. But uh, in 2004 or 5, I've been invited by this uh, newly established small university that, is, that was kind of initiating its visual arts and communication design program. To join the team, help them establish, and start teaching. And I applied and I passed. Yeah. But at that time, I was not uh, totally into education because I had a small company. We had my life is also a designer. We run a small uh, kind of company, and we were working. But in 2008, uh, after being two years kind of uh, part-time lecture, I decided to 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 switch on to a full-time. I mean, interesting about teaching career is like, the first time you get there, you are totally focused 
on the course, on the content. And then you go, yeah, but is this course really working with other courses? <laughs> <laughs> is this really the best one? I mean, and then you start, uh, then you learn how to learn mm. to become better teacher. And that's ongoing process that ne never stops. So, uh, yeah, I, I was really thrilled that I'm going to get into into teaching because I fi finally found time to dedicate completely myself to a structured uh, content that should be delivered. And I always had in mind how I did not want to learn and how should I avoid <laughs> mistakes I realized with my previous uh, professors, etc. So let's... And once you start doing it, you find yourself making the same mistakes. <laughs> but I mean, that, that was interesting. The first course I was teaching was uh, kind of, uh, I, I developed this course, Visual Language, uh, about basics of visual design, graphic design, not graphic design, but uh, kind of uh, visual culture, visual culture, understanding the, the composition, getting more into the design. Uh, I moved from there, I progressed towards the uh, typography, mm because typography is my really passion uh, in terms of, of graphic design. I love typography and that was a really amazing experience for me to uh, finally find time and place to, to talk about it in a more elaborate way. And typography, uh, I was on it for 15, 14 years, but I also moved towards design studios to, to they, they would say to the maker spaces. <laughs> so so uh, design studios were also my, my passion. And the uh, last five years, four, five years, I was into the UX design and uh, design thinking methodologies working with students. So both, I mean, all of them are related, but, uh, but I started really early, uh, right after the Design UK Design Council, published the first uh, uh, double diamond double diamond yes. uh, I was just finishing my my study in London and it was really fresh and said this is what we need to tell <laughs> students this is structure I mean that's that's 2004 2005 yeah. remember that I guess yeah, of course so and it's and it stayed there it stayed with me and there's not that I'm not critiquing it there are a lot, a lot of gaps in this especially today but I mean, that, that was kind of my, my experience with teaching. But what was uh, important for me while, during teaching is, I mean, we cannot take us too seriously. I mean, education process, uh, faculty, I mean, university, it's, it's a pit stop in, in someone's career. I mean, they, they're going to stop, they're going to grasp and take whatever they can they're gonna move on some of them are gonna stay some of them are gonna find the track that's going to attach them to academy but those those young youngsters when they start they're just youngsters when they are finishing their your colleagues <laughs> that, that's how it is so it's like we are there to facilitate and i was trying to learn facility but not uh, i mean maybe because of my experiences but i was uh, always kind of blatantly uh, honest with students. I mean, not rude, but let's let's talk. Let's be direct in in terms of, of the projects. I mean, let's be talk and uh, question everything. Yeah. 
today is the time to question everything. If you can question your parents, you can definitely question your professor. Absolutely. Every, everything is checkable. Now. As, you long, can check. as long as you do it in a way that, that, that follows a certain uh, logic and structure. Absolutely, yes. I mean, everything, <laughs> everything is questionable. So uh, I was done question everything. Don't hesitate to ask. Don't hesitate to interrupt. That's your right. That's why we are here. No one knows everything. Absolutely. And we are also learning from <clears throat> students. And definitely, I mean, you cannot kind of preach without understanding the the the, the audience. And definitely, I, I learned a lot from students. Absolutely. I really learned Absolutely. learned a lot from students, and I'm still learning. And I'm really happy that I can when I see some of them today after the I mean after the school after they finished. It's like Please, <laughs> full respect. Fantastic, fantastic. So how do you see uh, the current issue of employability? So how can we best help the students translate what they're doing in education into a career? Uh, depends. Depends where you are. I mean, uh, how... It's not the same if I do it in Bosnia or you do it in Spain or you do it in the United States. Markets are different. You, I mean, I cannot give the same advice. I can, I can, uh, I could uh, advise. I mean, uh, I can preach what I know. Yeah. But uh, utilize uh, what I'm trying to, uh, what I was trying to develop in work with students, and I hope I will do it again uh, at one point uh, is. Uh, Understanding the context is going to enable you to be more efficient as as creative professional. Uh, and adaptability and just to be uh, to adjust yourself towards the context, not to to bend the knee, yeah, but to understand it that to understand completely uh, to deliver and always. Uh, I mean, kind of trying to try to understand the capacities, the needs, but you have to be armed with knowledge. <laughs> you must be, you must be, uh, it goes if you are armed with knowledge. If you, if you are armed with, with, uh, with arrogance, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So empathy and knowledge, I think, is the key. Uh, everything else is kind of tools. Yeah. I mean, all, all the other things are the tools, but, but I, I really think that design is a kind of sensitive, sensitive being. And it's kind of a sensor, should be sensor that's going to detect society as it is. And it's not only about, uh, it's not only about, I'm going to deliver the service, I'm going to deliver the product, I'm going to deliver whatever you want from me. Uh, I really believe that each, each designer is educator. I mean, your work is public. Yeah. Once you finish with your work, it becomes public publicly available and people are going to be exposed to your work and you're going to be exposed to to critique, so be ready to embrace all of it and uh, accept it and fix the next one. But definitely, you can influence. I mean, I don't believe in revolution anymore. <laughs> I, I quit that. So I believe in in the individual revolution. I believe that each of us, by changing our personally, uh, and we can do it uh, as a designer because we are producing public work. We are educating in small bits and pieces, and we are creating this this new culture. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope it is so, because it is so. It's happening in in, in uh, highly developed countries. I mean, the the way design appears 
and the way design is being uh, adapted in society, you can see the level of uh, society development, isn't it? Like in UK, you can you can compare UK, and you can compare Boston. You can see the general visual culture uh, as just a, a, a first glance of, of the society. It explains a lot. Yeah. So that that's <laughs> how I see it. So if if there were no limitations. How would you do design education differently? Would you change anything? I mean, if I don't think that uh, uh, education is going to change that soon. No, about you, you would you change anything if you could? If you if there was no limitations, I don't know. So yes, definitely, I, I would. I would change professors. <laughs> <laughs> must change change is not coming from the students yeah students are like students are coming from their context uh, in, in process of their they're growing and maturing and trying to find themselves but professors like kind of uh, static i mean uh, education professionals uh, all of us they we need to have this intrinsic motivation to change our uh, ability to teach and to advance the teaching. Mm -hmm. I mean, what happened during the COVID? We, see, we saw that, that, that education is being so exposed with all uh, uh, deficiencies. <laughs> so really, so now we realize like, oh, I don't even have to go there to get education. And on the other side, you had kind of, uh, you you have not uh, uh, super efficient feedback from from the uh, education community because you see that technology is present but not really utilized in its best possible way. So I think uh, and it exposed how weak we are, all of us. So uh, working constantly on uh, adjusting. Uh, ourselves towards the, the the knowledge that's shaping reshaping i can speak in context of design education i cannot speak yeah about education in general but oh, design uh, education, i think yes. that, yeah I, but I, I think that design education cannot remain kind of uh, uh, siloed we need to be able to to change the course from the day one until the day the, the last day of the semester, we need to be able to react to things. We, we need, we, 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 we have to be not only reactive, but proactive in terms of that. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I would lean more into the, uh, not open curriculum, but uh, open uh, uh, kind of attitude towards interpretation of the content based on, on, on facts and based on experiences that could be adjusted during the work. And I think that that's, that thing I, I would change. So uh, it's us. <laughs> we must change. Fantastic. So tell us a bit more about your new uh, digital education startup. Sorry, I didn't you... hear. Uh, tell us a bit more about your digital education startup you mentioned. Uh -huh. So uh, this is uh, actually the, 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 the blended learning model that uh, it started in 2019. The, the company I'm working with right now, uh, since we are producing like textbooks for the elementary elementary schools, uh, we realize it's not gonna soon. It's not gonna be sufficient because because we know why technology and uh, everything changed changed a lot. 
and the whole perception of of uh, and I was utilizing my experiences from higher education as yeah. perception of of reading and perception of of learning and uh, attention span and kids and all kinds of things. I mean, we need to move on. So we we adopted this. Uh, a platform that was developed in uh, by CLAT Germany, German publishing uh, uh, agency house, and they are, they were using it uh, in different shapes and forms in in uh, Germany, in Croatia. So we 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 took the platform, but we are uh, developing the content. So it's it's kind of uh, addition to existing textbooks, but it's. Uh, it's about blended learning model, but also uh, enables enables us to to engage all these kind of uh, uh, new approaches. And I'm particularly interested in gamification of of this uh, this gamification part of that. So that's that's the thing we are trying to work on. But you know, the, the, what is the problem? I mean, you have the idea. You even invest something, but you have no support. Uh, there is no, uh, I mean, just to illustrate how com- com- complex it is, uh, we are so divided. We are so divided that we have like 13 ministries of education in a country that has less than 3 million people. So none of these 13 ministries of education has uh, any, any kind of procedure. There is no legislation about digital, digital textbooks or digital education. So you have to do it by yourself. You have to implement it by yourself. And uh, it's hard, and it's, it's really tough. But uh, I see that's 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 how you change things. Yeah. You create impact, social impact by yourself, and you hope that someday it's going to be recognized. So I don't know how is that uh, going to continue. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I hope we'll make it. But I mean, that is the attitude that we are working on it uh, for two years now. So far, we have. I don't know more than four thousand subscribers to it. It's not paid, so we 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 provide it with all the textbooks we are we are kind of producing here. Yeah. So we'll see how it's going to work. Fantastic, fantastic. How can our viewers and listeners best find you? Yeah, uh, uh, the easiest way would be to 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 connect on LinkedIn, but also I have uh, my uh, Kevin Zekic. Uh, dot com. Uh, some of my works are there, and you can also ping me. Although I'm not active on, on Facebook, but I have the account. I mean, you you, you can connect. But the easiest way would be through through LinkedIn profile. Fantastic, fantastic. And what advice you'd like to leave us with? No one wants to hear advice. <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, there's a thing that I learned so many heard so many years ago. It's like. It's about, I mean, about about the judgment. Like, uh, good judgment comes from from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank so you so much. Thank you so thank much, you. Kevin. Thank you, Lefteri. For thank a fantastic you so much for conversation. And thanks a lot. Keep in touch. Keep in touch. All the best. Definitely. Thank you, All and thank you. Thanks to your listeners. Bye.